right, everybody. My guest on the show today is the one and only AJ Vaden, CEO and co-founder of Brand Builders Group. Welcome, AJ. Hey, so happy to be here. Hey, good to see you this morning. We are it's it's a lovely morning here in New York. It looks like a nice day there where you are in Nashville. Yeah, I you know it's been, you know, Nashville's had some bipolar weather this year. You know, we've <laughs> It's like, it's one of those things you just never know what you're going to get in the winter here. It could be 70. It yep. could be snowing. There might be a tornado. You just never know. But today it's like, you know, 55 and sunny. So we'll, we'll call that a win. Yeah, we had the same thing here. It was two days ago, it was 65. And then it, we had a snowstorm yesterday. And now today it's 50 again. So it's like a sloppy mess. It's just... I know. It's the weirdest weather. It's like we literally had put up all of my kids winter clothes like a week and a half ago because we had a full week of like low 60s, upper 60s. I was like, it's here. These fake springs are over. And then bam, on Monday, it was 35. I was like, oh no, not good. Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about the weather the whole time. We're going to get to know you. We could, we probably could. You and I probably could do that too. Like extroverted people love to talk. All right. So AJ, I can't wait for every, all the audience to get to know you today and to me to get to know you better because I don't know the answer to most of these questions either. So here we go. And I know you're an open book like me, so this will be a very open conversation. So AJ, first things first, my icebreaker question. What's something that you nerd out about? Oh, taxes. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. A little known secret about me. It's, wow. It's one of those things where, you know, for like a decade of my life uh, being in business and an entrepreneur, I just always assumed that, you know, the CPAs, the accountants, like they would take care of everything. And when we started our, our newest company, Brand Builders Group, three and a half years ago, we just naturally just kept using the same CPA that we had been using before. And I didn't think much about it. And I went to a tax class. I just, for whatever weird reason, I signed up for like one of these tax webinars during COVID, like the beginning of COVID. You know, I'm in the entrepreneurs organization, EO Nashville, and they were blasting us with webinars out of the wazoo. And there was something about this one tax webinar held by a regional firm called Frazier Beater that caught my attention. I went and I was like, hmm. Those are interesting. I wonder if our CPA is doing those things. And uh, they weren't. And that led into a deep, dark rabbit hole. Oh, boy. Of me becoming obsessed with going, well, what else aren't you doing? And what else is out there? And what else don't you know? <laughs> And that was legitimately two years ago. And now all my friends are like, well, I know who to go to if I want tax advice. And it's not my CPA. Because I've, I've literally become obsessed with it. I've thus changed from my old CPA and just realized for the first time in literally a decade, nobody's going to take care of my money like I will. No yeah. one cares enough about the nuances of my business as much as I do. And so yeah. kind of one of those things that I've really just embraced of going, I don't have to know everything, but I need to know enough to know what's going on. So taxes, that's my that's my that, <laughs> This is the first time in the history of over 100 episodes that taxes was the answer to this. <laughs> and I'm going to admit it, AJ, I have a little bit of shame over here. I only nerd out about one thing about taxes, paying off my fair share and not a penny more. That's the only thing I care about when it comes to taxes. That is actually how taxes were built um, with our founding fathers. It's like, yeah. pay your exact fair share and not one cent more. And yeah. I'll tell you one thing that was 
a statistic, and I, don't hold me to the exact numbers, give or take, you know, whatever. No, but anything there, that happens here on the show, like this becomes factual and written into the annals of history. This is it. Um, but there's something like, I don't know, 2,000 pages of tax code, um, of which only 25 pages are actual, this is what you do, and everything else is exceptions. And so oh. I mean, don't hold me to those exact numbers. It may not yeah. be that crazy, but... That was one of the things I was like, I'm so sorry, what? Come again? And just all those things of going like the system is built for knowing how to get around it. And I thought that was a really bizarre thing. And then realizing, oh, so many of these CPAs that I just assumed were the experts um, had not really invested in their learning and staying up to date. And I think one of the things to remember is like tax code changes all the freaking time. So yeah, yeah, taxes, surprise. Oof. I, I got so much shame. I'm a New York state resident. We have a very high tax rate here. We're like one of the highest in the country. <sighs> yeah. Well, I have yeah, tax Nash- shame. Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee is always welcoming to new residents. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard like to the tune of like 80 to 90 people per day or something like that. Quite insane. It's like every single time I meet someone, um, like, where are you from? California. Where are you from? California. It's like, oh, okay. Like basically – a mass exodus from the state of California to Tennessee. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm, and I'm, and last thing on taxes before, if we haven't lost the entire audience who doesn't like taxes, which I'm sure <laughs> we haven't. The, Tennessee is a no in, is it a no income state tax? Oh my god, no that's amazing. State. Yeah, that's amazing. It's a, it is amazing. It's when you really think about it. <sighs> yeah. So I've learned so much. I've learned so much. I've applied so much, and still there's so much to learn. But yeah, um, every single time that someone's you know, mentions the word taxes. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And also as an entrepreneur and also as an entrepreneur, it's like, why not do that? And then you can just pass along those savings as like, Oh, I don't need to pay you quite as much because you're not like in New York. I think the the rate is like eight to 9% state income tax. Like that's an automatic raise by moving out of here. It's and that doesn't include city, New York city. I mean, I get asked so often for tax tips. Now I, I really, I, I honestly keep a running document of these are all the new things I learned. So when people ask, I'm just like, here's the document, here's the document. Um, because there's been that many things and no one knows about them. And I kind so, of feel like we should, if you'd be up for it, maybe put that in the show notes. I think the audience would love that. AJ's tax tips. She's a branding expert. She's a speaker. And <laughs> wow, I learned a lot. About this is great. Professional advice. Yeah, exactly. Entrepreneurial uh, tax tips. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's good. That's good. Uh, all right. So we're going to move along and we're going to talk about something that's inside your comfort zone that's outside somebody else's. And we're just going to take taxes off the table because we're, you and I are the exact thing. I hate taxes. I don't even like pulling this stuff together. I just want to like magically have it happen. We're going to file an extension this year. That's how bad I am at taxes. So what's I something encourage, else? I encourage extensions. Yeah, exactly. Every time. Yeah. So what's, um, AJ, what's something that's inside of your comfort zone that you know is outside of somebody else's? Uh, probably talking about my faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian, yeah. um, but also totally inclusive. And I just, I have so many friends in the Christian faith that don't share it on social, don't know what's the right way to do it. And I would say I, I wasn't always that way, mm-hmm. but I have very much become to going like, no, this is who I am. Um, this is what I believe. And it's like, I, I'm not afraid to talk about taxes or my business. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to like brag on my kids or promote my services. So why would I hide this part? But I think a lot of people, um, I think there's a lot of tension in the world today um, yeah. and everyone's gotten a little too PC and uh, we've forgotten that, oh, it's actually good to be different. It's okay to be yeah. who you are. 
it's okay to believe different things. Yeah. But I've just kind of leaned in versus holding back over the last two years. Yeah. I've actually noticed that on your Instagram as well. And my guess is you that has not affected your business at all, would be my guess, at all. Well, if it has, I haven't noticed. Exactly. Yeah. If it has, I haven't noticed. Um, and I think it's like one of those things. It's like if if you're so offended by my beliefs, then we shouldn't be working together. Exactly. I'm not offended by yours, but if right. you're offended by mine, it's just a sign of that's right. There's so many other people out there that could serve you well. Doesn't have to be me. Abundance mindset, right? It's exactly that. It's like it's like then we're not then we're not. I'm not your people, and you're not, and I'm not your people, and that's okay. That's yeah. Totally I, yeah. And um, I, I was going to actually mention that here. I I, re- I like what you've been sharing. Like it's, it's very, like feels very authentic to you from what I know of. Like, I, I don't know you extremely well, but I know you and it like you do share a lot. So everybody go share, uh, go follow AJ personally, follow brand builders group as well. We're going to talk about that later, but follow AJ because you are, you're very open with all those things. And it's really cool to see. Yeah. Thank you. And I think that's when, that's the thing too. It's like somebody said the other day, well, um, and I was I was actually talking about this in my entrepreneur group uh, forum that I was a part of. And there is another person in there who's got a massive following um, and he's got a, a brilliant online business model. And um, he's also a Christian. He's a believer. And he said, yeah, but how do you like mix and mingle those things? <clears throat> I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, yeah. you know, I just, you know, I'm trying to like reconcile. How do you weave those things in? And I just I thought about it for a second and I said, how don't you? Right? <laughs> right. It's kind of the idea. Right? It's like, it's like, how do you really separate who you are from what you do? And I, I've just found like the longer I've been alive as a human and in business, the more I try to separate those things, it, it feels like I'm living a dual life. Right. A lot of friggin' work. Um, yeah. And I, I show up just kind of said, well, we're going to throw that one out the door and we're just going all <laughs> fingers crossed. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. And also like we're both in the personal branding space. You've been in it longer than I have, but that's part of the personal brand space is the best version of you out there is the authentic version of you. And people are like, people are going to sense if there's something off. Like, and I, I know I can, I can usually sense intuitive. If, if things aren't aligned with like a brand, then you see their personal Instagram. So again, kudos to you on just, like being out there with that and, and sharing that with your entrepreneur. I, that's a funny question. How do you balance them both? Like I don't, I just, it, it just is right. Like it's not a thing you have to think about. Anything I, else sounds exhausting. You know, and it's somebody else too. <laughs> I'll put this out there because I, because I am in the entrepreneur space and I am yeah. in the training space. And I think there's a lot of pressure to um, have a very curated digital presence. And I don't. Right. Mine is all over the place. Like I do not have like certain guidelines of the way my images look online. You follow me. You know this. It's oh, yeah. like it be a picture of me at Disney World with my kids. Then it'll be a, you know, a, some pictures of some books I'm reading. Yeah. And it's completely not curated. And one of the things that I have found is the the harder that I tried to make everything look pretty, the less and less it became who I am. And right. it's the more I tried to make it something, the less authentic it became. And I have found, like, I've just thrown out all of those things. Like, we don't put bumpers on our videos anymore. I don't do, like, curated graphics. Uh, I don't do any of that anymore. And my yeah. engagement is the highest it's ever been. Of course. People, like, it's it's so strange how we, like, other humans who have, like, <laughs> human things happen. Like, little boys who, like, 
go to the bathroom for the first time or you know like it didn't go like, not saying for you but like it didn't go so well at disney world like we had to be back for nap time at 10 a.m like people identify with that much more than like oh this perfectly sheen thing because we all know by now like that's not nobody's life is like that <laughs> nobody's life is like that. not real so not yeah real. i mean i think it's so important because i think there is this mystique behind um, this, you know, people talk about how bad social media is. And I, you know, however, you know, I'm, I'm borderline here. It's like, I, I feel like that thing when people talk about how bad guns are, I'm like, well, guns by themselves aren't bad. People That's with right. guns are bad. Social right. media by itself isn't bad. People with social media is bad. Right. And it's like, you make it, you make it how you want it. You, yeah. you're, we are the people who make it good or bad. Yeah. I love that. All right. You're an open book, so I'm excited to hear about this. This is something I don't know about you at all. What's something that's outside your comfort zone that you know is inside of somebody else's? Oh, great question. I would say... Okay, this is going to sound so weird. Um, Perfect. But deciding on the educational path for my children. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, it has been, you know, I have a two and a half year old and an almost five year old, which he's very particular about me clarifying that now. He's, uh, he'll be five next week. And everyone has so, has such strong opinions about, you know, is it public school? Is it private school? Is it a private Christian school? Is it, you know, a charter school? Is it, I mean, whatever. And uh, it's one of those things where, kind of very similar to just the social environment that we're in. It's like, you can't even share your opinion about education without offending someone. No. And, yep. uh, you know, <laughs> right now we are very much on this homeschool hybrid path. We were on that path pre pre pandemic mm -hmm. and we have a full-time facilitator. There's five families, seven kids. Um, and they go there three days a week. And our plan is, is to put them on this path until they convince us that a different type of schooling is better for them. Mm -hmm. They'll, they'll be responsible for making that case when the time cool. comes. And so I was sharing this uh, with someone and this was a comment that I received. And they said, don't you think you're deprived of depriving them of a normal childhood? And I literally did not know what to say. And that's not like me because I always have something to say. <laughs> felt like all this guilt and shame of going, oh, wow, like, will they not have normal childhood experiences? Like, are they not going to go to prom or have a high school football team? And, you know, I sat with that for months and months. And I've been really insecure about this whole conversation of going, wow, it's like, as a parent, it's up to me to go, I'm, I'm shaping this pathway for my kids. And please, like, I don't want to mess you up. <laughs> like, and then I realized it's like, no, I will mess them up. It's just how will I mess them up? And mm -hmm. then I started thinking about my high school and my junior high and my middle, <laughs> middle school experience. And I started thinking, no, I don't want that for my kids. I really yeah. don't. I don't want my boys to learn about sex in the locker room. I don't, I don't want them to be hiding away at prom night, you know, getting drunk, which is what I was doing on my prom night. It's like, actually, mm -hmm. I don't want that experience for my kids. But I feel like every single time I bring it up, there's judgment, even if it's like a, a very uh, polite judgment. Um, and so I, I would say that's one thing where I feel totally inside this little box of don't yeah. know if I really share it. Because every time I do, I feel a little like, oh, man, am I, am I making the right choice? Am I doing yeah. the right thing for my kids? 
Yeah, that makes sense. I have two things for you on this. One, my good friend, Sean, he, his kids are grown. They're all adults now. They're like, just got out of college. He used to do a thing where he would say, you will create some problems for your children. Just have a, just have a therapist tip jar. And every time, like, especially when they become teenagers and they start to complain, just be like, here's five bucks, throw it in the therapist tip jar. And we'll give it to you when you're 18. You can go hire your own therapist. Like as parents, we're, yeah, we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. And two, I, I always say parenting is interesting because you can go to, you can go to a bookstore, go to Amazon. There's a lots of books on parenting, but if that actually taught you to parent, we would just go read that and we would know how to do it. But how, yeah. how you're going to parent, because you got two little humans who have their own personalities, drivers, drainers, like the things that they care about. And it's like the balance and we're in this too. So we have, we have a six-year-old and a one and a half year old. So we have a six-year-old in kindergarten. She goes to a Montessori school and she loves it. So that was our choice. But nobody can really tell you what to do, but people want to tell you what to do. But you're like, how, could, how would you know? Yeah. And I always, I always say the other thing, and you, I know you do a lot of mindset work too, is like when people give you their opinion or they come at you, it, it, it's always something about them that they don't like, mm. that they see in yourself. Or like they're not willing to make the tough choice or they're not willing to do that. So I always just remind myself of that. Thank you for sharing that. And best of luck to you and your hubby on that because that's, uh, that's a never-ending challenge, right? You know, it is. And it's like, and the thing that's weird is like, it never is an issue until I bring it up to someone else. Of course. Those are those restrictions of like, man, it's like, I think that's some of the problem with some of the environment that we're in today of going, it's like, it's like, you can't really even share and be transparent and vulnerable without feeling shamed or guilted about it. That's why you make sure you have a good circle of friends who loves you for who you are. And, and gives you what you need in the moment instead of giving, giving you what they think you need in the moment. So true. Yeah. All right, AJ, so you do a lot of speaking. You do paid speaking. You do some free speaking. You do a lot of speaking on branding and sales and all those things. been speaking for years. So five minutes, five minutes, four, five minutes. What would you speak on and the whole world would hear your speech? And what would you want us to do with that? So in other words, you know what this means. What would be your call to action to us as the audience? Oh man, I know exactly what I would say is that um, every like I would say your personal brand is not about what you do. It's about who you are. And I would spend the rest of my life helping people understand that your worth has nothing to do with what you've done. It has everything to do with who you are. I, I truly believe, I think I would really love to do a TED Talk on this one day, is that how titles are the beginning of professional insecurity in America. And it's like, we all want to know, like, what are the letters that come behind your name, right? It's like, uh, we went to a conference here recently, my husband and I, who my husband's also a speaker, as you know, and he's Mm -hmm. uh, really talented, very gifted. And uh, it had his uh, name tag said, Rory Vader, MBA, CSP, (laughs) MDSG. And I was like, MDSG. And who cares, right? Like, I was literally like, okay, so I know Masters of Business Administration, CSP, yeah. speaking professional. Yeah. is like, you know, uh, Speakers Hall of Fame. Um, and then I was like, what is this MDSG? And it was like million dollar speaker group. And I was like introducing people. And I was like, I know there's a lot of letters here, but at home, this is Rory Vaden, D-A-D, right? The right. end. That, like that's, and like human, right? And it like. Was- aha moments to me. And this was just a couple of weeks ago of yeah. we put so much credibility into credentials and to what we've done. And it's like, what does that have to do at all with who we are as human beings? It's like, it's like we've positioned ourselves for some reason in this 
era of time of going, um, I only want to talk to you if you have some something I can get from you or if you've done something. And it's like, man, I would, I would speak for the rest of my life of going, let's stop talking about what we do and what we've done and actually just get to know people for who they are. Um, because at the end of the day, it's like one of my favorite Steve Jobs quotes. He says, uh, the beginning of like your enlightenment is realizing that uh, you're like, you are just as smart as everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Right? You are. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, I feel so called to be speaking about like, it is not about what you've done. It's about who you are. So how do we diminish some of those feelings of inadequacy that are tied to, well, I haven't done X, Y, and Z, and I don't have a New York Times bestselling book, or I haven't spoken on tons of stages, or you know, I don't have you know millions of followers, or I don't have a seven-figure business. And it's like, so? So? Who cares? Are you happy? <laughs> That's always my question. Do you like where you're at? Yeah. Is there more to do? Sure. But like, are you happy with your life? And do you derive a lot of joy and fun and whatever it is you're used to? So yeah, I, I can totally see you doing a TED on that. That I think that's a really, that's a great TED topic, by the way, because that's, you know, like the audience, we all know what TED, it's all like, they. it's a new idea mm-hmm. is let's get, let's, let's stop talking about expertise and start talking about who we are as people. Yeah. And I, this, I don't know if this is a cultural, I think this is even more of a cultural thing in certain areas of the world. I think it's, I almost see where it's becoming a little less cultural in the United States where I like, and, and this is a space that we, that, you know, we work in together too, is um, like a lot of personal brands. It's not really about what they've done. It's about like who they are to their people. Like that's actually what gets people enrolled and wanting to come and work with them. Like I'll take something like a career coach, for example, there's a million career coaches and they have a bunch of letters behind the name. There's nothing wrong with that. But what, if I was going to hire a career coach, which I don't need one because I work for myself right now is, um, I would, who are they going to be for me? That's actually what I care about. Who are they going to be for me, to me? I could, I'm actually somebody who doesn't care that much about expertise. I'm, I'm much I'm, more interested in who they're going to be. I think we're in the, the far minority. For sure. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, like to that point, um, I think this is uh, so interesting. And um, at our company, Brand Builders Group, I don't, I don't have any clients. Like I don't take on any mm-hmm. clients. And, um, so here recently I took on my very first client, um, in a really long time cause I'm doing busy other things. Um, yes. and my husband, who's my business partner asked me, he said, why are you taking on this client? And I said, honestly, she makes me feel happy. I said, I so enjoy totally. the conversations that I have with this person. It's like, I'm taking her on because she brings an energy and a brightness to the conversation that it's a, it's an hour of my time once a month where I think there's just a, a joy and an energy. And it's like, I could care less what this person does. It's like, but there is a, yeah. a, an energy that it brings to this conversation. And it's like, it is my ultimate pleasure to be able to be like, how can I help you? Because I yeah. love talking to you so much. Yeah, it's so interesting you say this. Um, and we're going to move to a commercial break in one second, but I just want to end this section with this, AJ. I was talking to my coach this morning specifically about the concept of Maria Kondo, who's a massive personal brand around sparking joy and how I really want to be surrounded by people that spark my joy. And so what it sounds, and I think you and I are built from this, uh, we're cut from the same cloth. Like I'm a big fan of people overall. And when I, when I have an experience with them, I'm willing to work with them. So I'm really, I'm sure if your first call, you're like, I like this person, they're good, but it sounds like it's who she is for you. 
that has you excited, not the fact that you can make a difference or she's got expertise. And you're also the person who's bringing expertise to her. Yeah. Because she is your client. That's super cool. It's like there's just this energy and excitement of like. Amazing. So I think, again, to me, it's like if I could speak on that for the rest of my life, that's what I would choose to speak on is not about what you do. It's just about who you are. Yeah. And leave you with this, too. I think that's an important message for the parents out there, for all of our children. Because I know it's easy to get caught in the race of like grades and athletics and you're going to do all these 84,000 things and get into these schools and I'm just who they are. All right, AJ, thank you so much. So far, we're going to take a very brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this. The Talking to Cool People podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell Coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. All right, AJ, we are back. What else do you want us to know about you? Oh. You know, nice, nice uh, open-ended question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, here's something that I would say that I think is like kind of like to the conversation that we were just having. I've been recently updating my speaker kit. As you mentioned, I do go out <clears throat> quite a bit. And mm-hmm. um, we have a copywriter on staff at Brand Builders Group who helps with a lot of copy and she's been editing all these things. And, you know, for, I've had a very similar, you know, press kit with different variations as life of changer of the year. I spoke it, you know, 15 years, a really long time with just like updating, you know, different credentials and, you know, all the things that typically people want to know before they decide to put you in front of their audience. And I was writing it uh, this past week. And reading over it, and I just said, something just doesn't feel right anymore. And I said, I'm going to take this on a whole different shift. And so like the top half of my you know, bio page of who is AJ Vaden and why is she a great fit for your audience, right? So like the first three paragraphs are really just about what I've done, business building, entrepreneurship, personal branding, all that stuff. And then at the end, I just wrote in, P.S., all this stuff above has talked about what I've done, but you should really hire me because of who I am. And so since you've asked that question, what should people know about you? Here's what I put in my speaker kit. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, this is top of mind. I am the mom of two wild, adventurous, uh, but highly empathetic little boys. I am the wife to an amazing husband that I get to share my business and my life with. I am um, I'm a believer. I am a person who needs at least nine hours of sleep every night. Having fun is my hobby. And my favorite things to do are reading, traveling, doing anything on the beach, and having good food and good wine. So wow. think, those are things that you wow. want about me. And ultimately, that is like that is me. Yeah. I, I do. That just happens along the way. Yeah, I love that. And as, as you say that, I'm like, we have so much in common. <laughs> like I am like having fun isn't my hobby. Having fun is actually the thing that I'm most committed to. Yeah. So it's the it. thing that I look through the lens of almost everything in my life. 
And so I, uh, I don't, I think this will resonate with you, but one of my things, if it, if it ain't fun, I ain't doing it. Oh, I love that. Now, are there things like taxes that we've already covered that aren't fun or, you know, dealing with a screaming kindergartner, getting her snow pants on in the morning? Not fun, but overall, like as an entrepreneur, and I think this is similar to you as an entrepreneur, I think there's a huge lesson is like the lens of, and for me, it's fun. It sounds like for you, it's fun. Not everybody, it's fun. For some people, it's like more like energy or ease, but like, what's the lens you look through to make decisions in your business? So my guess is when you're looking to hire people for brand builders, you're also looking for, yeah, that they know how to do some stuff, but more importantly, what's the energy they bring? Or is it, are you going to have fun working with them? Like, and as, as clients come in, um, and I, you know, I do, I do executive and leadership coaching. And as part of my business, it's like, am I going to enjoy spending an hour with this person? Oh, that's a huge part of it. And I, a huge I, part of it. Having fun was not always a part of my priority list. And in fact, yeah. I feel like the last two years leading up to 2022, <clears throat> I had no fun. Everything was yeah. so serious. Everything was sure. so just, I don't know, just survival mode a little bit of like putting yeah. Business, growing the business, taking care of my littles. At that time, it's like I had really littles. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot of space for fun. And uh, I made fun my word for 2022. And I said, I, love it. Like, I have to have more fun. And that starts with having people who I have fun with, right? It's like, I need people who are fun people who I enjoy spending <coughs> time with, who bring that lightness and joy and peace and ease to things where everything is yeah. so hard. And I yeah. think one of things like to that point of deciding whom to hire today, uh, a positive attitude is the number one thing we look for. For sure. Yeah. If you are yeah. not glass half full optimist, we can find a way. I cannot hire you. Totally. Especially in what brand builders does is it's an art form. It's not scientific because we're, we're dealing with people who bring, as we've been talking about their own uniqueness and, and, and you, you see this over and over. We have, we have some people that come in and they're like, Tell me the right way to do it. And you, it's not that simple. So if you don't have a mindset of, hey, like, what's the art form here? What are the, po- what are, in coaching, we call this like open to possibility. It actually doesn't work because it is strategy and there is a framework and process to take people through, but it's so unique. Yeah. Um, so much of it is that it's like, what works for you won't work for me. And what works for me right. won't work for the next person. And there right. is an art to it. There's an art and a science to everything. Exactly. Um, I fully believe, though, it's like what matters most to, to any individual who's working with a coach, consultant, strategist, whatever you want to call the person. It's like I need someone who is going to bring me up, who remind me, to motivate right. me, to support me, to show me the things that I don't see. And that's got to be someone who's got a creative element and creative meaning like let's find a way. There's a yeah. way to do this. Yeah. Well, the sky is falling. It's all over. Uh, there's nothing <laughs> we can do here. <laughs> We can't yeah. figure out your one word problem. We're done. Shut yeah, it off. I had a lot of that in my life in the business. Totally. For a while. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to cut this out. This has got yeah, to Yeah, it's not fun. Well, I heard a, wi- a wise person once say that sometimes you just have to do what you have to do until you get, until you get to do what you, get to, what you want to do. And you know who said that? It was Rory Vade and your husband. So yeah, exactly. it is true. And it, you yeah. You can get to do what you want to do. Yeah, the, the last thing I'll say about what you shared, AJ, and by the way, I think it's so perfect that I asked that question, you have it in your media kit. I bet you that'll get you hired more too. You're like, yeah, these things are great, but like, we're going to have fun. Like, who doesn't want to have fun when they're seeing a speaker? Unless you're like, it's a medical thing. But even then, I would say that you probably <laughs> want to have fun. Is um, 
the idea that you probably weren't able to have as such a connection to fun if you didn't go through the last couple of years though like you appreciate it a lot more now because you know the like hey this is the experience this is like how i think how it goes for all of us in life is you have to go through those things and i'm sure they were great right being a mom of, of young kids is also really cool it's it's all cool but you go through that and you're like oh now he can actually go to the bathroom by himself and like oh he can tell me that he wants his cereal like you have a new appreciation because of what you went through yes i totally agree and i think a lot of it is here's what i have found it's like the older i was getting the older that I am getting, right? It's like I, you know, I'm 38, I'll turn 39 this year and my husband turns 40 this year. So I've just, we started taking ourselves way too seriously. And it's yeah. like, when did we become so serious? It's and easy like, to do. Like, Ooh, we need to stop this pronto. And I think a huge part of like the blessing of having kids is it like pulls us back down into this childlike state of, I love to see the world through their eyes um, because it's such a reminder that everything around them is amazing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting in the car with the windows down is like as good as a roller coaster for them. And it just reminds me constantly of, oh, man, do I take the little things for granted? Um, I take them so for granted. And I'm just it was a huge, really focused commitment this year. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to take my minutes for granted anymore. Right. I love that. No matter what I'm doing or where I am, I'm not going to take my minutes for granted. I'm going yeah. to enjoy them. We're going to have fun. We're going to make memories. I will not be stuck in my office doing emails because that's where I feel like I have to be caught up. And those were the choices I was making. No one else was making those for me. Sure. I a lot of life coaching over the last two years about that. Yeah. But it's like- Own your own your choice. Yeah, exactly. Own your choices. And it's like, man, I've been making the wrong choices. I've been making the wrong choices. And- yeah. uh, huge part of that is like, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so one of the things we did is that my kids, both of them are my accountability partners. And I oh, have that's perfect. No one, no one will hold me as accountable. No. As two little people. No. And one of the commitments that I made is that 530 every day, like work is done, like done. Beautiful. And they literally sit at my door approximately <laughs> 520. That's so cute. Like they start opening the door, closing it, open the door. So it's like, really, I'm done at 520 because there's this whole 10 minute like song and dance thing that we go through now. But my oldest one, his name is Jasper. He literally comes in my office. He stomps over here. He sits in my chair every single time. He goes, are you done? And I'm like, yeah, I'm almost done. He goes, nope, you're done. And he'll walk over and shut my computer. And he goes, 530, mommy. That's perfect. Yeah. I need that. I need that. Totally in my life. So I've hired my kids. They're my accountability partner. Yeah. <laughs> One of the great things about kids and coaching is they don't buy our stories. Yep. They right. Because as adults, we have so many stories and responsibility. I got this and I got that. And like, they're like, yeah, they don't care. Whatever. I have a, okay. I have a saying, I have a saying that's, um, is any, is any, is everybody still alive? Is there anything on fire? If the answer to both those questions is no, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll be all right. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, All it's right, been, AJ. A, been a huge thing. Um, yeah, was, that's, that's so cool. I, the other thing that I would say, too, is one of the things that I've really changed and realized is, um, and I don't know if this is like everyone's hope and wish, but it is mine as a parent. So for any parents out there, um, like my biggest wish is that my kids would think I'm so cool that they actually want to be with me. <laughs> All right? Like that's like my biggest goal in life is like yeah. I think I'm so cool is that they actually want to hang out with me. And I'll yeah. tell you the 
reason why I committed to fun this year is I haven't been very cool and mm. pretty lame, mm. too serious. And I'm like, oh shit, my kids are not going to like me. They are not going to think I'm yeah. cool. And that was like the motivating force behind me shaping up and being like, if I'm going to be cool and someone my kids want to be around, then I actually need to loosen up. Yeah. They could care less about that email that could easily go out tomorrow morning that you're like, no, I need to do it tonight. You're like, guess what? This contract's still going to get signed if we do it tomorrow morning. That's awesome. I'm learning from you. So um, you're a podcast host as well. You have a podcast with Rory and it's awesome. I listened, I actually listened to your episode with the gentleman who's grown his coaching practice to eight figures. I was very inspired. Casey Clark. Awesome. So this will not be a breakthrough for you is to ask me a question that I can answer for the audience. So now I'm going to give you the host reins here for a couple minutes. So what would you like to know about me that I can answer for you and everybody listening? Oh, I think this is so good. What do you think is the number one secret to having a successful coach client relationship? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's easy. It's you have to, you have to trust each other. It's actually, so I'm a, going back to expertise, I'm going to try not to sound annoying about this, but I'm a certified coach of the ICF and I also train new coaches. I only say that because I know that ICF core competencies, there's actually like an ethical standard. And one of the things there is um, cultivates trust and safety. And what that means is that you trust your client when they bring something and I know you've worked with coaches, so you've probably seen this. When your client brings something, you trust that they are who they're supposed to be in the moment, and you also trust yourself. And so for like for me, like I, I've had a coach for years. I've coached hundreds of people. It's always trust that they are able to bring anything they want and that, I, and that your coach can be with them. You've worked with coaches too. I'm sure that's – at the end of the day, like there are – you know, there's these million dollar coaches and they're amazing, but I'll just be totally honest because you asked, I think a lot of it's sales and marketing and mm-hmm. personal branding in a good yep. way. But at the end of the day, like it's, who are you for that person? And that starts with the trust that, Hey, AJ, you get to show up however you want today, right? Like, yeah. Hey, you just had a tough business meeting and we were going to work on planning out your business for the next year, but you actually just need to cry today. Or you just need to like, be like, my kids are driving me crazy and like have that. Mm. Um, is such a huge thing. It, it it always goes back to who are you for your clients, and um, so for me, it's it always starts with trust, and it's it's also pretty apparent when that isn't there and it's not working. Yeah, because as a coach, we're actually trained, and as strategists, we're trained too. Is like, hey, there's something that's not being said here, mm-hmm. and being willing to go out there. And one of my dear friends, Christine, she's a master certified coach. She's one of the best coaches in the world. She always has this thing she'll say to people is like what would you say to your client if you didn't care about being liked? Mm. Cause that's when you've got the trust. Cause then the way we say it and we train is like, you can always clean it up. The cleanup may be that, Hey, we're just, we're not a good fit. We're not going to work together anymore. But, but in, but with a relationship and a trust relationship, we can always clean it up. And I think the important lesson there is that even more importantly implies to marriage and parenting too. You can always clean it up with the trust that you both have the best of intentions. So yeah, trust is my long-winded answer there. Ah, I love that. What? So I did a follow-up to that. Like, yeah. what do you think is the quickest way to build trust? Yeah. Um, for the way, the, so the way I do it is I think we have similar personalities. So we look like Clifton Strengths or Disc. Like I'm a people person. I'm an extrovert. So the way I like to build trust is by um, asking other people what they want to talk about. 
and like mm-hmm. really throwing it back on them, which we're also two professionally trained salespeople. And I know you've done tons of sales training. I spent 20 years in sales. That was a real shift for me from like, what's my agenda for this meeting? What do I want to get out of it? To like, hey, Jay, what do you want to talk about? Or So when I have a new client, for example, or a potential client, the way my conversation goes is pretty simple. Hey, what would you like me to know about you? Or what what would you see in us working together? And like, hey, what would you like to know about me? Versus let me tell you about me. And that, for the right people, that builds a lot of trust. For the people that are like, I want to know your credentials and your experience, like that might not be the thing. But one of the core parts of the way I'm trained to coach is client chooses. Mm Because where else in your life do you really get to choose that often? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So for me, it's like, and, and like modeling that. It's not my agenda. It's your space. And, and some clients, and we, we see this at Brand Builders, some clients are like, I need you to tell me what to do. I need you to send me an email with the next steps. And some clients are like, hey, what I really need from you for today is to listen to me for a half hour and mm-hmm. be that person. That's the thing that builds trust. And we, we show up. Um, one of the other things we say that's a really fun way is you show up as a five-year-old, which is perfect for you because you got a five-year-old mm-hmm. next week. Show up as a five-year-old, like curious, ask the questions that you don't know the answers to. Or like, hey, I think I know the answer, but I'm not going to assume it. I'm just going to ask you that. That builds a lot of trust too. Yeah. Um, yeah removing assumptions. Yeah, yeah, not assuming. That's huge. I love that I love question. That. That's great. Yeah. That, that's, that's my style. It's, it's not for everybody, but it works for me. And um, it's, it's more authentic to who I am. That didn't used to be how I was. My sales career is very much like, you know, in sales, it's hard. It's like you always told the line of like, I got this quota to hit. I got numbers mm-hmm. to hit or I'm getting fired. And like, I want to serve the client. And I worked in cybersecurity software, which is one of the most uninspiring things in the planet, in my opinion. It's like, it helps people, but it's like behind the scenes, you don't know it exists. And most people on, on a daily basis don't care about it. And like the only people who care. So it's like, um, and then a lot of sales trainings don't really go into like serving the client. It's more like, yeah. what's the thing that you can do that will get the client to see your way of your thing as the top, as the top solution or the way to do it. Yeah, totally agree on that. Yeah. yeah I think great question. I think what you said. Um, one of the things that I've always found um, for me with building trust is, um, availability and responsiveness. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It's like a huge part of, you know, having a successful client relationship is just having a relationship. Um, and those aren't built in one hour increments every 30 days. That's just not how it works. No, It's like, you've got to have more touch points and that's availability and responsiveness, uh, paid or not. That's how we build relationships. Right. right? Yeah. 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 So I think the last thing I'll, as we wrap this up and then I'm going to rip back the microphone for you because you're probably a better podcast host than me. I'm I'm very ashamed again. AJ's, AJ's, AJ's good at providing shape from here on taxes and podcasting. The, um, uh, the other thing too, is to set the intention up front. Hey, what would have this engagement? be mutually beneficial for. So what would have this engagement be successful and let the client name that, but also know that that's not set in stone. Yeah. Things change. People's businesses change. I have clients. I've worked with clients that worked at, you know, that worked at uh, Facebook and then they decided to do their own thing. So of course our engagement changed, right? Cause they're like, wait, I used to want to get promoted to be a manager and now I'm starting a startup. Like, so like being flexible, that's another, another big part of trust is like, Hey, where are we, where are we at with this? And always, and always uh, like calibrating on like, how's it going, but also looking at your clients and you've, like you said, you've done a lot of life coaching, good life coaches will, they won't buy your story or they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll spot that. Like, is this AJ's fear talking or is this yeah. actually what you want and getting coached around that? I'm sure you've had 
lots of conversations like that because I know I have. Yeah, but it's like it takes somebody with a lot of, uh, you know, courage to like point that out. Most people just ignore it and keep going because yeah. that those, those are that can be awkward. Yeah, yeah. So what for those who are interested in in coaching or haven't worked with a coach, one of the things that I like to say about a coach that's so cool, and I'm somebody who has a coach as well, is it's really the only place that I have besides maybe a therapist that they all they care about is like standing for you for what you say you want because everybody yeah. else has an agenda for you. It's spouses, your kids, your clients, your accountant, everybody else has an agenda for you, whether, you know, and it's from service, hopefully, but like, listen, everybody wants something from us almost all the time. A good coach should just want you to get value and get what you say you want. So thank you, AJ. That was a really cool question that I've never answered. Oh, well, good. There it is. There it is. I like it. Yeah. So AJ, what's the thing that you're most proud of? Oh, wow. Easy. My kids. Yeah. yeah. I had a feeling that was going to be the answer here. I mean, that's just like, I know that's such a cliche mom thing to say, but I truly, I, I was one of those people up until pretty much we decided we wanted kids, was pretty sure I wouldn't have kids. Like mm. I was not a person who was like, oh, I can't wait to be a mom. I'm like, pretty sure I'm not built for that. And, uh, you know, my husband. Too much I, to do. Too yeah. many other things to do. Businesses to run. Like we were traveling all over and never home. Like our house was just basically a giant storage unit. And we were married for five years. And we said, once we're married for five years, and we got married later in life. And we said, once we are married for five years, we'll talk about it. And I remember specifically, we're on this anniversary trip in Bora Bora. And uh, he said, so, and I'm like, nope, not ready. Just when I'm not ready. And uh, then a year and a half later, my brother, my older brother had their first child. And I remember holding him, his name is Jameson, for the first time. And I said, yeah, I'm going to need this. I'm going <laughs> to need this. But it wasn't until that moment. So, you know, we were married seven years when we had our first child. And I never, like, uh, to me, motherhood is the best thing that I never knew existed, mm -hmm. right? It's the hardest, most exhausting, but exhilarating and awe-inspiring thing that I just, I never knew existed. And it's like, it's dirty and it's messy and it's complicated and it's beautiful. And the fact that we survive parenthood, <laughs> totally survive and like, I, I just, there's so much of it. It's like, this is pretty amazing when you think about just the true essence of bringing these little humans into the world and then getting to be a part of shaping who they are. It's, I, it's the most definitely the biggest responsibility of my entire life. And it's the one sure. thing that needs most of my time. And if I'm not hyper sensitive to that, it so often is the thing that gets neglected. Yeah. And so that everyday pull of going like, Yes, I'm running a business, but at the end of the day, I've got two lives that I am most right, most well positioned to shape in this life. And they're the two people that are my children. I love and that. I do well here, everything else will be okay. Yeah. And the same thing, you know, like same thing with my husband. Like one of the one of our mottos in our house is as long as uh, husband and wife are happy, the whole family is happy. Oh God, yes. So That's rule number one in a marriage family. family. A marriage first family. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like what I'm most proud of is my kids. But it's a yeah. marriage first family of going, a happy husband and wife will make a happy family all day long. Totally. I've, I was um, 
I was actually in a training with Rory and he told the story about, I think it was Jasper, maybe it was the younger one with the poop on the wall. Oh my gosh, that was Liam. Liam, oh, yes, the younger one. And I was think I was just as you were talking, I was thinking like uh, if you can if you can be with the idea of wiping human excrement off your son's wall, like all the problems in your business don't seem like that big a deal. At least that's how it is for me. I'm like, yeah, I, this morning I spent time wiping our one and a half year old's uh, blowout. Awesome. And so like a client's not so happy today. I can deal with that. Like <laughs> as long as I'm not deal. dealing with C's right now. Exactly. Or, so funny. That's I saw awesome. a post on Instagram. Um, it was around the same time that happened like a month ago and it had never happened to us before, but my two-year-old discovered how to um, take his pull-up off and he's potty training mm-hmm. and had an accident his pull-up and he didn't want to be in it. And so he just took it off and yeah. no, and it was around the same time. Um, and I saw this post on Instagram that said peeing on a stick and keeping it is just one of the first disgusting things that you'll do as a parent. Um, right. and I remember it's like right. when we take the pregnancy test, we're like, we have to keep this forever. But peeing on the stick and keeping it is the first of many disgusting things that you'll do as a parent. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So we got about five minutes left. So I'm going to, I got a couple more questions for you. If you still got a few more minutes for us, which I think you do. So AJ, what's something that you're afraid might actually be true about you? Oh, that I'm OCD and controlling. Great. And here comes the therapy question. So what do you do to compensate for that? Oh man, I'm I'm trying to loosen up and have more fun. (laughs) You're like, I'm committed to fun because I'm OCD and I'm controlling. I love it. I like AJ. I picture you like, I'm OCD and I'm controlling, so I'm going to have more fun to make sure. No, that's great. That's great. Well, it's good to rec, but it's good to recognize that about yourself and then be like, hey, what would be the thing that would shift that that's also going to be aligned with who you are anyway? There's a cool lesson there. Because there's a lot of ways, you know, like some, and this is, again, a coaching thing is like, when we relate to ourselves as things to fix, because that's also probably why you're so good at what you do. So it's not a bet. And by the way, OCD is just a context, right? It doesn't. No. No, I. You're probably OCD compared to me, but compared to like somebody else, you may be like the most free flowing person ever. So. Solid context. Yeah. yeah, it's solid context. But it's like the idea that um, um, you get to choose a commitment that might work on that, but also like, but also like what you're saying is like, that's also what makes you unique. Yeah. Is that, con- but that's the thing with control specifically is like the balance of, Hey, I need to control this. And like the art, I think this is the art form as we have as entrepreneurs or just as business people or yeah. parents, as we're talking a lot about parenting is where do, and I, I call this the, um, where do I, where do I let the, um, where do I kill them with kindness and where do I put my foot in their throat? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all a balancing act, right? It's all and a balancing it's, act. One of the things that I've learned is like every strength has a corresponding weakness and every weakness mm-hmm. has a corresponding strength. And like to that, it's like, yeah, a huge part of our success is because I'm like very driven. I, there is a lot of control because I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. Um, but that's also exhausting. It's like yeah. that whole feeling of like, I have to be the one to do it. That's not true. Like those are lies. That's not true. That's not real. Um, that's my own insecurity, my own you know things coming up. And so I think a huge part of this is like, what I've realized is that the more fun I have, the more fun I want to have. Totally. It's addictive. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, if I just, if I'm less serious and I have more fun and I infuse more fun into my day and fun looks different, right? Um, every single day, it's not like I'm going surfing or going on a, you know, four wheeling adventure every day. It's like, 
but it's like, how do I force, right? How do I force some fun into my life to loosen me up and to let me let go so that I don't have this tendency of being controlling? Because I definitely know that control is like probably like that one thing that I fear to be true that really is true. Yeah. Well, the other thing I'll I'll say about that is the control has gotten you to a pretty darn good point in your life. It's not like it hasn't worked for you. So your brain is going to go, hey, this has worked. Yep. Had some success, started a company, done some other stuff. So yeah, it's like learning to own it all. So AJ, where can we find you? How can people connect with you? Yeah, two ways. If you want to just connect uh, human to human, person to person, <laughs> uh, be a part of my everyday life, I would go to Instagram. Uh, my handle is AJ underscore Vaden with a V like Victor. Um, but if you want to learn from me, I would say go check out the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Right? Yes. That's where you're going yep. to learn and get the nitty gritty details on marketing, personal branding, entrepreneurship. But then Instagram, if you just want to be a part of my life, that's where you need to go. Yep. And see cute, cute kids. Very you cute. Got cute you, got, you got a lot of stat, strategy tactics around personal branding, and then you got cute kids and, <laughs> yeah. and, other, and other things. It's perfect. AJ, thank you so much for being on today. It has been awesome to have you on and have the audience get to know you. And we have a tradition on the show that my guests always leave us with some words of wisdom and they just need to be short and sweet. And this Mm -hmm. is going to resonate for you. This should be on an Instagram post and this should be the post itself, not the text underneath. So what do you got for us? Yeah, it'll be super, super sweet is that I've always find that your comfort will always hold you back from your calling. So get uncomfortable. Mm, I love that, AJ. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you and Rory, the kiddos. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too.